0: What is up, everybody? It is JT Sports. I am back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast, and I'm here with my NFL Week 13 reactions, going to be giving you guys my thoughts on the Los Angeles Chargers defeating the Cincinnati Bengals, the Pittsburgh Steelers pulling off a massive upset against the Baltimore Ravens, and lastly... What is Urban Meyer's future with the Jacksonville Jaguars? Will he return as the head coach for the Jaguars in 2022? Now, if this is your first time listening to the JT Sports podcast, welcome! I appreciate you for tuning in. Make sure that you go ahead and follow me on all of my social media platforms. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at JT Sports underscore. Once again, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. At JT Sports underscore, and also make sure that you are subscribed to my YouTube channel, which is JT Sports. The Los Angeles Chargers this past Sunday defeated the Cincinnati Bengals forty-one to twenty-two. They improved to seven and five on the season. Cincinnati falls to seven and five on the year. If you watch this game. This game looked like it was going to be really one-sided in the Chargers' favor because at the start of the second quarter, I believe, early on, it was 24-0. And I was watching this game with my homeboy and I was telling him, man, the Chargers are about to blow out Cincinnati. And this was my game of the week. And I was kind of disappointed because I thought that this was going to be a competitive football game and it looked like the Chargers were about to run the Bengals out the building. So I go ahead and I change the channel and I believe I was watching the Falcons play the Bay Buccaneers until all of a sudden I got a notification on my phone the Bengals are right back in the game so what happened well when the Chargers got a 24-0 they ended up having the turnover bug on the offense and Cincinnati's defense was able to get them back into the game and then there was a while during this game where you thought that Cincinnati was going to be able to come back from behind and win this game because it seemed like they had all the momentum on their side. And coming out of halftime, I was still watching the game with my buddy. We went right back to watching this game because it was competitive. So it was worth watching again. And I was telling him, man, I think Cincinnati's going to win this game. And he was like, you think so? I was like, yeah. He was like, why? And I was like, because Cincinnati has all the momentum. They were just down 24 0. Now all of a sudden, they're right back in the ball game. And then the Chargers end up putting the hammer down in the fourth quarter and they end up walking away with the victory. Now you have to give a tremendous round of applause to the Los Angeles Chargers defense in this game, especially when it came to stopping the run. Joe Mixon and the Bengals as a whole only had 96 rushing yards as a team which is a huge accomplishment for the Chargers defense holding the Bengals to less than 100 rushing yards on the ground because the Chargers have the worst run defense in the NFL statistically they allow the most rushing yards per game than any other squad in the league And they played a really good game against Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon only had a touchdown. He ran the ball 19 times. And the Chargers defense did a pretty good job slowing them down. Now, a big catalyst for that was because the Chargers got out to such a big lead early that Cincinnati kind of had to throw the football a little bit more to get back into the game and also take into the fact that Joe Burrow had a injury to his pinky. So he wasn't really able to put a lot of velocity on the ball like how he would most times because when you're throwing the ball into a tight window, you got to be able to add that extra mm. and Joe Burrow wasn't really able to do that, so a lot of his passes looked like they were just floating in the air. You had a phenomenal touchdown grab by T. Higgins, and you know, I was just really impressed with how the Chargers were able to find a way to go into the fourth quarter, put the hammer down, and walk out with a very big win. And for Cincinnati. You know, this loss isn't a bad loss. This is definitely a loss that you look at as a Bengals fan and you take it to the head and you keep it moving. You can't win them all. These are still, these are still two very good football teams, even though I was a little surprised that the Chargers won because the Chargers have been really inconsistent this year ever since they started out four and one before winning this game. I believe they lost four out of their last six or something like that. So this team was kind of struggling. So the The Chargers definitely needed this win, not only to stay alive in the AFC playoff race, but also to stay alive in terms of trying to win the AFC West because Kansas City, even though they are currently leading the division, the Chargers are still right behind their trail. And I still believe that the Chargers have a better chance at winning this division than what a lot of people are giving them credit for. And I know that this defense has kind of underperformed brandon staley is supposed to be a defensive minded coach but it looks like he's more of a offensive minded coach now i guess and the defense hasn't really played up to my level of expectations. But this game was probably one of the best performances that the Chargers defense had all this year. And I've watched a lot of Chargers games this year because I have Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler both on a couple of my fantasy teams. So I watch a lot of Chargers football and I think that this was a really good performance on the defense side of the football for the Chargers. And also the Bengals defense also had a pretty good Good showing also even though you can say well JT they allow 41 points I understand that but this Bengals defense did a good job of getting this team back in the game when it looked like things were about to go left and I promise you that things really could have went extremely left if it wasn't for the Cincinnati Bengals defense stepping up The pass rush was getting home. Their secondary had a really good showing. I was really happy with what I saw out of the Bengals' defense. Now, what you're not happy with is how many turnovers were made by both of these two offenses. Both of these two teams combined for seven total turnovers in this matchup. Cincinnati had four. The Chargers had three. And the Chargers' defense had a really big defensive touchdown. So, In terms of what's next for these two teams moving forward, for Cincinnati, you're still trying to stay alive in the AFC playoff race. Right now, you have the Steelers right on your heels. Even though you mopped the floor Pittsburgh twice this year for the Chargers, you still have a chance to end up trying to get that number one seed. And also, not just that number one seed if you're able to stay with it, but you potentially could win the division as well now do I believe that the Chargers probably would get the number one seed that's probably not likely but I definitely feel like they have a great shot of winning this division because Kansas City's offense has really struggled this year their defense has been helping them win a lot of games and if you're a Chargers fan I know you're kind of in the middle about how you feel about this team you know that this is a team that is playoff caliber when you look at the talent that they have on this team but at the same time the play hasn't really been consistent as you would hope for it to be around this time you would kind of like to see a little bit more consistency but it seems like for the chargers the consistency hasn't really been there so i'm really intrigued in seeing how the chargers end up closing out their schedule because their schedule is pretty tough man and for the bangles you fall to seven and five this isn't a bad loss by any stretch this is definitely a respectable loss I believe that Cincinnati had a couple of starters on the offensive line who were injured. So that also played a role in terms of the pass protection because Joe Burrow got sacked six times in this game. And on top of that, the run game wasn't really there like how you would hope for. But overall, this was a really impressive win for the Chargers. This was definitely a game that the Chargers had to win. Not only to stay alive in the playoff conversation, but also from a confidence standpoint and for Justin Herbert I believe he played a fantastic game he was 26 of 35 317 pass yards had three touchdowns one interception Austin Eckler had two fumbles in this game two really big fumbles that kept Cincinnati alive and on top of that if Cincinnati never recovered those fumbles the Chargers probably would have kept on rolling so Chargers get the victory against Cincinnati, 41-22. You guys let me know what you guys think about this game down in the comment section down below if you are watching this on YouTube. Pittsburgh Steelers defeated the Baltimore Ravens 20-19, improving to 6-5-1 on the year, keeping their playoff hopes alive, and Baltimore drops to 8-4. Now, this was a massive upset. A massive upset because I don't think a lot of people picked Pittsburgh to win this game. I know I didn't pick Pittsburgh to win this game and I'm a diehard Steelers fan and I was really proud of how this team fought in this game. And this was a very boring game if you're somebody who is a big fan of offense because going into halftime, it was what, 7-3? We didn't really see any points until the fourth quarter where we started to see an onslaught of points being put up on the board. And Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh scored 17 points In the fourth quarter. I don't understand why Pittsburgh's offense never shows up into the fourth quarter. But hey, in this game, a must win game with your playoffs hopes on the line and your season on the line, better late than never. I don't understand why Pittsburgh can't play the whole entire game offensively like they do in the fourth quarter. You remember the Chargers? When they came from behind and started putting up all kinds of points on the LA Chargers, Similar thing happened to Baltimore and if there was somebody who deserved the game ball for Pittsburgh, you definitely had to give it to Big Ben. Big Ben, just a week ago, everybody was talking about how he needs to be benched, how his NFL career is done, coming off an awful showing against the Cincinnati Bengals in which they just got a butt whooping and they got skull drugged all over the field. Big Ben was the main reason for why Pittsburgh won this game outside of the defense. T.J. Ward came up and made big plays. Like always, the defense stepped up. They gave Lamar Jackson a lot of problems. Lamar Jackson and John Harbaugh still can't really seem to crack the code against Pittsburgh because when Lamar Jackson is starting against Pittsburgh, he normally plays some of his worst games, and he didn't really have a good showing in this one, 23 of 37, 253 passing yards he had a touchdown a bad interception but he was sacked seven times in this game seven times like the Steelers pass rush was phenomenal in this game and the Ravens still had 107 yards on the ground Lamar Jackson accounted for 55 of those but overall the Steelers run defense played pretty well I was really impressed with the Steelers defense in this game and the Steelers defense has gotten a lot of criticism over the last couple of weeks especially when you look at the linebacker play, so the Steelers' defense played a phenomenal game. But Big Ben to me was the MVP of this game 21 to 31, 236 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He only like he was great, and we don't really know what the future has in store for Big Ben. There is a report going around that. Ben Roethlisberger does not expect to return to the Pittsburgh Steelers next season in 2022 now we don't know if that means he's going to retire or if he plans on playing for another team but this game definitely showed that Big Ben still does have little left in the tank now does he have enough left in the tank that he could survive one more year I don't really think so but he definitely has enough in the tank that he definitely can lead Pittsburgh to the playoffs if it comes down to that and they probably could win a playoff game with Big Ben if the offensive line plays the game that they did against Baltimore because that Ravens defensive line is incredibly underrated that rookie they have Owe, that dude is a monster and remind you that Pittsburgh did this when only averaging 85 rushing yards on the ground Deontay Johnson has been incredibly underrated this year he caught two touchdown receptions Eight receptions, 105 receiving yards. He is having a phenomenal season. He's on place for 1,200, 1,300 yards, and he definitely should be on your Pro Bowl ballot. So if you haven't gone ahead and voted for the Pro Bowl yet, make sure that you go ahead and vote Deontay Johnson in because he's having a really great season for Pittsburgh. And remind you that last year in 2020, Deontay Johnson was amongst the league leaders last year in the NFL and dropped so. So he definitely has been the most reliable option in the passing game for Pittsburgh this year. He also had another phenomenal game. But I was really impressed with how Ben Roethlisberger handled himself in this game and stepped up in a very critical spot. And this team has a lot of fight because the Pittsburgh Steelers could have easily lied down and said that, you know what, this game is over. It's no point. But with the Steelers, knowing that their season is on the line, their playoff hopes are on the line, this was a much win game they got it done now for Baltimore this team continues to amaze me because Baltimore has so many injuries start of the season you lose four running backs gone out for the year Marlon Humphrey he's now done okay you lost Deshaun um Deshaun Elliott he's gone like majority of the Ravens starters are out for the year They're on IR! They, they're literally picking up guys off the street to, to come play. So, I mean, like, you have to give the Ravens a lot of props for how they have performed this year. And on top of that, they're still in the running for the number one overall seed. Now, I believe Baltimore is going to make it to the playoffs. I don't see them having a late season collapse. Even though they haven't played as great as what they did at the start of the year, Lamar Jackson's MVP hype is now starting to die down a little bit. But, Overall, this team has showed a lot of resiliency. But Pittsburgh showed more resiliency in the fourth quarter. And... Pittsburgh is not a playoff football team if we're looking at this team from a talent standpoint. And I know a lot of people get upset when I say that, but the reason why Pittsburgh is in playoff contention right now is because of Mike Tomlin. And on top of that, the veteran leadership of Big Ben. And not enough people are talking about that. This is a fairly young Pittsburgh Steelers team. This is a young Steelers team with a lot of inexperience, a lot of rookies in. Heck, there were two rookie starters. Well, a rookie starter on the offensive line you got Kendrick Green you had Dan Moore like this team is very young like there are a lot of rookie starters on this team there are a lot of inexperienced guys on this team there are guys who don't even have a lot of years playing under their belt So for Mike Tomlin, this has been a really good coaching job that he's done so far this year. And I know a lot of people look back at the Lions loss or the Lions tie. I still chalk it up as a loss because he didn't win. And a lot of people felt like Pittsburgh should have won that game. They definitely should. But at the end of the day, Pittsburgh is still in playoff contention. And if Mike Tomlin was not the coach for this football team, I strongly doubt that Pittsburgh right now would be in the position that they are in right now. So hats off to Pittsburgh for a great performance. Now for Baltimore, what does this loss mean for you? Well... You're still in the running for the number one overall seed. You still are ahead in the division. And I still think that Baltimore most likely should win this division unless Cincinnati is able to come up from behind and surprise everybody. But overall, despite the injuries that Baltimore has, this still is their division to lose. They still have all their goals ahead of them. They still can clinch the number one overall seed in the AFC, which is something that they need more than any other team. Like this, if there was one team in the AFC who needed that first round by more than anybody, it would be the Baltimore Ravens. As a matter of fact, I don't think there's no other team in the NFL who needs that number one, Overall seed more in that first round by than Baltimore with how banged up this team has been, with how many injuries they suffered. They need that number one overall seed more than any other team in the league. And you know, me as a Steelers fan, I hope they don't get it because I don't want to see Baltimore have a lot of success. But at the same time, you know, from an unbiased standpoint, I hope that Baltimore is able to have that number one overall seed so they can rest up. Now, Cincinnati is right on Baltimore's trail. They are a game back of Baltimore for tying with the two best records in the AFC North. And also, you can't forget about the Browns. Pittsburgh still is in the running. I don't really know how that tie affects things. Like, the tie is kind of weird and things like that. But Lamar Jackson didn't really have a great showing and Lamar Jackson hasn't really been playing a lot of MVP caliber football now you know we understand that the Ravens are kind of depleted at a lot of positions the wide receiver position still is uh ongoing development still has some young guys there you're still trying to get Rashard Bateman going you got Marquise Brown who's been having a pretty solid season but I mean I felt like Lamar Jackson definitely could have played a lot better in this game and we definitely got to talk about the two-point conversion try by John Harbaugh which sealed the game pretty much for Pittsburgh I don't disagree with the decision to go for two And I like how aggressive John Harbaugh is. There are a lot of coaches that play to lose instead of playing to win. John Harbaugh was playing to win. And sometimes it pays off. Sometimes it backfires. That's just what it is. And I don't really think it's anything against John hallball I agree with the decision. Now, you know, the play probably could have been executed a lot better. Maybe the play calling during that situation could have been a little bit different because I probably wouldn't have tried to call that kind of pass play. I don't know why so many teams like to call those kind of plays in the red zone or on two point conversions. Doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Like, yeah, if you can get the defense body going to fake and they go to the other side Side, then yeah, it works, but overall, if I'm in that situation, I'm trying to pound the football in with either a design quarterback run with Lamar Jackson or I'm giving it to Devontae Freeman so he can run through the middle and convert. So, I don't really have any gripes against the decision. Of Baltimore to try to win the game, I think it was a good decision. It backfired, unfortunately, and that's just the world we live in. When you know we're judged based on the decisions that we make. So if we make a decision that ends up paying off and we get a lot of praise for it, but if we end up making the decision that ends up backfiring in our faces, then we get a lot of heat for it. That's just the world that we live in. I don't think now it's the wrong choice to go for it to win the game one two. Now it definitely. Was a sloppy performance from Baltimore all the way around this definitely is a game that a lot of Ravens fans are going to feel like they let slip out their hands but overall you still have the whole season in front of you you can still get the number one seed you can still win the AFC North so you guys let me know how you guys feel about this game down in the comment section down below now the last thing that I want to talk about before I wrap up this episode The Jacksonville Jaguars were defeated by the Los Angeles Rams this past Sunday 37 to 7 and they fall to 2 and 10 on the season. And that leads me to my next question. Will Urban Meyer be the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2022? Because I've seen a lot of reports a lot of articles a lot of stories about how urban meyer has been at odds with some of the coaches on his staff some people in the front office of jacksonville are worried about trevor lawrence development trevor lawrence hasn't really been developing the way that they thought he would and there's just a lot of turmoil it seems like going on with the jacksonville jaguars franchise now Jacksonville isn't as bad as the Detroit Lions because they do have two wins the Lions recently got their first win of the season against the Minnesota Vikings but I mean at least Detroit in the majority of their games you can say they have been competitive they have had chances to win Jacksonville on the other hand pretty much it seems like every single game they've been in aside from a handful of them have been blowouts and they haven't really been close And I've just been so confused with how Urban Meyer has handled this team. Like, he had the incident in the club, the thing with James Robinson. Like, I understand he may not be a 100% and whatnot, but... Just all this year, I feel like James Robinson has been severely underutilized. And not to mention the fact that they drafted Travis Etienne right before the season began after the draft. And a lot of you guys who have been watching the channel back then knew that I was really upset with that selection. And Travis Etienne's injured, he hasn't even played this year. So there's just a lot of mess with this Jaguars franchise. And if you're Sean Khan. He is a patient owner, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for how patient he is. But I definitely feel like you got to be able to look at these red flags of Urban Meyer, and you got to be able to make a decision. Are you going to give Urban Meyer one more year, or should you just cut ties with them? Now, me personally, I probably would cut ties with Urban Meyer. Now I'm not one of those success needs to happen overnight or you're getting fired. I understand things are a process, but at the same time, when you have a new head coach, you want him to be implementing a new culture. Okay. A culture that is sustainable for winning. A culture that will be the building block for this franchise continuing to gradually get better. I see that with the Detroit Lions. Even though they haven't won a lot of games this year, they're fighting. You can tell that this team believes in Dan Campbell. You can tell that the Lions players will run through a brick wall for Dan Campbell. Meanwhile, I look at the Jacksonville Jaguars and I look at the player interaction on the sideline, I'm kind of questioning, has Urban Meyer lost the Jacksonville Jaguars locker room? Because once you lose a locker room, It's raps. You get what I'm saying? Like, once players don't like you, there's nothing you can really do. And if players don't like you, you're most likely not going to win a lot of games. Now, every player doesn't have to like the head coach. But you would like a good majority of the locker room to at least have, you know, a little bit of likeness towards the head coach. And on top of that, Urban Meyer is at odds with his coaches. According to reports, like he, you know, calls out his coaches in front of the players. He's a control freak. And it was a reporter that asked Urban Meyer about the transition from coaching college football to the NFL. He said that it kind of has been a little bit more of a difficult transition than what he initially expected. And that's because, you know, like the players recognize, you know, Urban Meyer hasn't really been a great leader of men. He has a book about leadership. And so far this year, he hasn't really looked like a great leader. And on top of that, every post-game press conference I watch for Urban Meyer, I don't really see a lot of accountability. I always see him, ask the running backs coach about James Robinson, or ask this guy, ask that guy. Like, somebody asked him about... James Robinson and why he wasn't more involved in the Rams game, right? And he said, "Well, the running back coach basically makes the decision of, you know, the rest between the running back. Like, that's a bunch of bull crap. Like, you're their head coach. You have the final say in determining who's on the field and who's not on the field. I don't un- I don't understand why Urban Meyer can't be more accountable. You get what I'm saying?" outside of him taking accountability for what happened at his club, which he should because, I mean, everybody in the whole world saw it. It went viral. Like, I just feel like this whole urban modern experience has just been bad. And I really feel like the longer he stays the head coach for Jacksonville, the more they're going to ruin Trevor Lawrence development. And you got to be able to recognize the red flags before you see him because certain things with head coaches do not get better. They don't. So, if I'm seeing Urban Meyer clash with his coaching staff, not really garnering the respect of his team in the locker room, those are red flags and those are two critical things that you must be able to do your first year. We knew Jacksonville wasn't going to be good this year. Nobody was expecting Jacksonville to make it to the playoffs. Nobody was expecting Jacksonville to make it to the Super Bowl. But, as a Jags fan, what you want to see year one is what you see out of Detroit even though Detroit's not winning a lot of games you want to see a team that is competitive the majority of games they play in you want to see a team that likes their head coach you want to see a team that is galvanized by their head coach you see all those things with the Lions and you don't see that with Urban Meyer that's why you see more people asking questions about Urban Meyer's job security versus asking questions about Dan Campbell's job security Now, even though the Jaguars have won more games, kudos to them, this team, their point differential in the majority of games they play in, they're not even close. They're losing by an average of at least two touchdowns a game, and that's not even me looking at statistics. That's just me going off the top of my head because the Jacksonville Jaguars haven't really been in that many close games. So, I'm just looking at Jacksonville right now, and I'm starting to feel like, Maybe Urban Meyer may not return in 2022 because right now this team doesn't look like it's headed in the right direction. This team looks like it's still taking three steps backwards because the, the, he doesn't even have a good culture in the locker room. You don't have to win to establish a good culture in a locker room. You just need to make your players buy in to what you're selling. And it doesn't seem like the players in Jacksonville are buying in to Urban Meyer because if they were, they wouldn't be in so many one sided games. The Detroit Lions have had their fair share of blowouts, but they've also had their fair share of close games. And the Lions have been in more one possession games from the top of my head than what Detroit, than what Jacksonville has been in. And you can make the argument to say that the Lions have. A worse team than Jacksonville. Why is that? The Lions believe in Dan Campbell. You can see the raw emotion. Like, after the Lions first win against Minnesota, like, did you not see how that locker room was energized? Even after a loss, like, the locker room and the players still believe and buy into Dan Campbell. You hear you you see the passion and Dan Campbell's voice in the press conference. Meanwhile, you look at Urban Meyer. It's the same thing. It's like this nonchalant attitude is, oh well, we lost again. You know, they had the report asking about James Robinson. So Urban, um, Coach Urban Meyer, what's going on with James Robinson? Why was he more involved in the game? Oh well, he was kind of injured. And you might want to ask the running backs coach that. Like you are the head coach. Every final this de- You have a say in every decision. Do you mean to tell me your running back coach is going to determine who gets more carries or not? No way. No way. You think Bill Belichick is going to let his best and most reliable option get out gained and get more touches than Carlos Hyde? Carlos Hyde? James Robinson is your best playmaker on offense. And yet, he's not getting treated like it. Like, there have been so many questionable decisions by Urban Meyer this year. I I don't know. I strongly doubt that Urban Meyer will return as the head coach for Jacksonville next year. Now, rather he's let go or if he somehow gets some health issues again, he ends up resigning. But... I don't really know about Urban Meyer's job security in 2022 at Jacksonville. I would be extremely, well, I would be kind of shocked if he did return because you don't really see any promise, haven't really seen a lot of promise out of Trevor Lawrence. He hasn't been dirt bad, but he definitely hasn't been what a lot of people expecting him to be. And like I told everybody, it's all about the coaching staff you go to and the team that you go to. And for Trevor Lawrence, He went to Jacksonville, already bad team, and it looks like he has Urban Meyer, who looks to be a bad NFL coach. Urban Meyer doesn't look like a great leader of men, of grown men. He may be a great leader of young men, but he's not a great leader of young adults, and he hasn't really done a great job of bringing this locker room together, especially when you're calling out your coaches in front of your players. I understand that coaches get into disagreements and things like that, but it seems like Urban Meyer... You know, just wants to be a control freak. He doesn't know how to sit back and let his coaches coach. And game, and during games, I wouldn't let my running backs coach try to tell me my best player shouldn't be on the field. Are you crazy? The Jetsville Jaguars don't really have that many playmakers on the offense. DJ Chark is injured. Your first round running back Travis Etienne is injured. I mean, yeah, you got Marvin Jones, but that's about it. And I need to have the best. I got to be able to have my best playmaker out there that my rookie quarterback. Are you serious? You are going to take your best running back out the game when your rookie quarterback has been struggling all season? What the hell is that? I don't know, man. I doubt that Urban Meyer will be the head coach for Jacksonville in 2022. I do. And I'm talking about the 2022 NFL season. I would be a little surprised if he returns. Because this team hasn't really showed any promise. And those important things that you're looking for in year one, being competitive, building a good coach in the locker room, does look like it's being built. So you guys let me know how you guys feel about Urban Meyer down in the comment section down below. Do you guys believe that Urban Meyer will return as the head coach for the Jaguars in 2022 for next season? Make sure that you guys check out the JT Sports Podcast. Every video that's uploaded on the channel is uploaded in audio format. It's available on all podcasting platforms. All you got to do is type in the JT Sports Podcast on any podcasting platform that you use. It should pop up. Also, make sure that you are subscribed to the channel for more NFL videos and college football videos, and I will see you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast.